Isaac MJ is a gaming YouTube channel that is varying Roblox streams and videos, mainly Speedrun 4 and Frankie Friday. If you're a Roblox fan or play Roblox, you'll enjoy his videos. They're really good to watch and he frequently asks the audience for input for things like which minigame he should play next, so you can influence him directly whilst he's streaming. His YouTube channel is linked below. Today's episode is a special Q&A episode where an expert panel will be answering your questions about cricket in general. The panel itself is made of myself, a Middlesex school pace bowler, Zaid Ahmed, a Middlesex school leg spinner and top order batsman, and Amar Ali, a top order batsman in the under 14 Middlesex winter squad. To make sure you don't miss out on special episodes like this, please subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or follow the podcast if you're watching on a different platform. Without further ado, let's get started. Okay, we've split our questions into two sections. First section is being the Ashes. We'll start with that because it's more relevant. And the se- second section is to do with pace bowling. Um, okay, first question is, why do you think England are playing so badly in the Ashes? I think that's a question on a lot of our minds. Um, Zaid, what do you think? Well, I think it's uh, there's one main reason that sticks out to me. I think England as a whole have just really just forgotten some of the basics. A classic example would probably be the first ball of the Ashes, where Burns missed a clip of his pads and has leg stump taken out by Stark. I mean, he's a good leg side player as well, so it does make someone wonder why that's happened. The other thing is that I think England's fielding has, a bit disa- has been a bit disastrous at times, meaning that they've had to work a bit harder to bowl Australia out. Um, I just think none of England's players have really looked comfortable, whether that's batting or fielding or bowling England's bowling have looked a bit okay. But I, I just think uh, England have really got to step up their game a bit to improve and beat Australia. Cool. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. You know, in terms of bowling, they haven't been too badly. But um, Amar, anything to add? Yeah, I agree. Like, the catching hasn't been good. And the batsmen just haven't been able to like score big runs. Like They've been scoring, like, like Roots and Milan have been scoring, like, 70. But you need to score like, big hundreds, hundred fifties and and like that, like not them not scoring enough runs makes the bowlers like they have less less of a break between innings. So they need to work hard in the next innings as well. Mm, yeah, I agree. Overall I think their bowling has been pretty good. it's not been exactly amazing. It's not been as good as Australia's bowling probably, but the batting is the one that overshadows it. You know, if you can't score big runs, then even if you bowl amazingly, it's still not going to put as much pressure on the other team because they know they only have to um, only have to match a small total in order to get it level. Um, okay, so next question: Is Steve Smith stupid in terms of his approach to batting? Uh, obviously, we all know he has a, 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 a he has a, he's a, a weird character, and he's also got um, a strange technique. But it has worked well. You know, he scored big runs. He scored big runs in 2019 Ashes. This Ashes, not as much, but still, we know he has destructive batting uh, as of a batsman. He is. Um, Amal, what do you think? Do you think um, Steve Smith is right in the way he approaches his batting? Yeah, I think he is right. But I think he's the sort of player who like does well under under pressure. So like recent in the recent like two years, he's been like the top order, the top three have been doing very well. So he's coming into bat in like a very good situation. But I don't think that as well as when he comes in like in the twenty nineteen Ashes when he came in when the score when like they were like two down for twenty. So I think that makes him like harder. Uh, do you feel like he's 
doing well because um, when when put under pressure, when Australia put under pressure, you feel like he's sort of like shining, you know, like doing better than the rest. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, Zaid, what do you think? Well, I want to say Steve Smith is stupid, obviously, but he's a bit different from your average cricket player. So as we've said before, he um, unusual with his uh, stance or how he bats. But as Amar said, he has played well in pressure situations. And it, what he does, it's not uh, affecting his batting. He's just, he's doing things in a different way, but it's working for him and he's able to score lots of runs. Yeah, no, I agree. Without his runs, Australia would, be, uh, would have lost a lot more tests. I 100% agree. Um, yeah, in terms of his technical batting, he shuffles a lot across the stump. So moving from, like I think, so more of leg stump to off stump or even outside off stump. I think the main reason why he does that is because he knows that um, test bowlers going to be bowling on off stump or outside off stump regularly. So that means he can drive straight through the ball and it's really effective because he has got a really good drive, um, a cover drive, um, more an off drive as well. So it allows him to score runs. And also if the bowlers strayed towards leg stump, then he can easily play a clip shot and get um, a lot of runs through there. So in terms of technically, it's a smart way of batting, but it's quite different. And it's very different from the way we're taught as um, younger players as well, um, co- coming up through um, the ages. I think it's, yeah, overall, I think it works for him. So you would you couldn't really say his techniques that stupid. It's more, it's successful, but it's not for everyone. Okay, third question. Uh, which matches are you going to be doing after the Ashes? So I'm assuming this is related to our podcast and what match we'll be covering. Um, I think we'll be covering the England-West Indies series. Um, soon coming England New Zealand there's two or three tests and then England India which is an ODI and um, test series I think England India is at home uh, but yeah we'll be covering those we'll try to cover stuff that's um, not in England but obviously it is pretty difficult when um, it, it's difficult to watch stuff uh, watch cricket in England um, from other countries unless it's on something like Sky Sports or BT Sport but um, yeah we'll try and cover as much as we can number four what can England do to improve their test batting? Does it involve scrapping the 100 or making the players play in overseas first-class competitions or what? I think we'll start with the first part of the question. What can England do to improve their test batting? Um, we'll talk about the, um, in terms of like the 100 and first-class competitions um, after. Um, Zaid, what do you think? What do you think uh, England can do to improve their test batting? Well, in their current, in their current Ashes uh, series, uh, in the in their batting order, you've had their openers, which have not really um, felt comfortable at the crease and have really struggled. And we've seen Dawid Milan bat at three, uh, which has he's been doing well, and Root as well coming at four. But I just think Joe Root should be at three in a bit more, because then I think he just gives a bit more confidence to the openers, with the openers knowing that there's a really strong batsman coming in at three to um, build the innings if they lose an early wicket. I think that can help the opening batsmen to score a few more runs and uh, just improve uh, their performance. Okay, yeah. Do you think that might run the risk of, if Root is at three, does it run the risk of the opening batsmen knowing that, okay, they have someone who's going to score runs, I can take more risks and I can, obviously they're not batting well now and they can't even, you know, solidly defend for 10, 15 overs. If If they have given more assurances, do you think that might mean that they'll take more risks at the start and get out quicker? Now, in test cricket, you don't really want to look at risks. And these are professional cricket players, so they need to have some sense of maturity, which I'm sure they do. So I don't think they're going to take risks. They might take a couple of risks, but 
um, they will learn after a couple of games. And uh, eventually, I'm sure they will be able to score runs if Root's batting at three. Okay, cool. Um, Amma, do you agree? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And also, I think so in the, in, um, the Cubs Championship, I think the wick, like, there's been a lot of talk about like the wickets not being good enough. It was like the players have been getting starts, but they haven't been going on to make big scores. And I think that and people have been talking about being because of the wickets in the county championship. Um, like they've been, they haven't been very good wickets. They can't really build innings, so mm-hmm. I think that could that could be why. Yeah, for me, I think personally in terms of change, I would put uh, I I would consider putting Milan as an opener because I feel like the way he bats, um, it's sort of suited to an opener and. When England in such desperate times, they would need someone who can, you know, wipe the shine off the ball. I think Milan could do that with a role. As number three, he is already involved in that a little bit. But, like, you know, he can provide a platform for players like Root to, you know, um, to score. And with Root with his, like, quick tempo, I think, um, you know, he's, he's, he's really important for the England team. He doesn't score at, like, one run and one run and over like Dom Sibley might. He scores at round three, four runs and over, which is really important in test cricket. because You need to be able to put pressure on the batsman really quickly. Um, yeah, so in terms of changing the openers, I think um, Rory Burns, he's 31, I think. I don't know. His future is really shaky. I don't think he's – he's got to go back to county cricket scores some more runs, give himself more confidence. Um, I like Zach Crawley. Um, after his 267 against Pakistan, I think he's a really good player. He should be in the England team, and he's also pretty young as well. Um, I think Hasib Hamid, it, the other opening spot, if um, it's – Crawley and if Milan's batting at three, it would probably be Crawley in one spot and then the other spot would either be Burns or Hamid. I think he might go with Hamid now because he's a bit, he looks a bit more comfortable against the pace bowlers compared to um, Burns. So, yeah, I think a little bit of change. But it, honestly, if you keep changing it, then there's not going to be like a feeling of, you know, of trust from the batsman. It's not going to give them confidence, especially a top-order batsman. So I don't think chopping and changing too much is going to really run the risk of, you know, um, get, not giving off experience to your players. Um, so we'll go on to the second part of that question. So um, does it involve scrapping the 100 or making the players play in overseas first-class competitions? Um, Amar, what do you think about, um, do you think scrapping the 100 or um, in terms of first-class competitions, you've already mentioned a bit, but do you think scrapping the 100 will help the um, white, uh, Red Bull team or do you think it might um, actually do the opposite? No, I didn't think scrapping the hundred would be a good idea, but I think um, because like it's really good for the game and and over there. But I think they could play um like I think loads of like from people from other countries they come and play first class cricket here in the UK. So I don't know, I'm not sure why players from England don't go and play in Australia. So yeah, mm. yeah I think I think there possibly a reason for them not going over to um Australia is due to the fact that um. English players, um, if they go to Australia and spend playing a Sheffield Shield, for example, they're going to be called to duty. They might have England, um, England, the England schedule is based on England county cricket being like generally put in spaces where there's no England international cricket. So if there's if they're going to play in Sheffield Shield, for example, there's probably going to be some international cricket going on. So you know, obviously they're going to prioritise playing international cricket and travelling from Australia to England, for example. It's just not feasible. I don't think so. It's it's okay for players who are like not there at international level, they want to go and play in other countries. But um, if you're an international player and you're on bad form and you want to get your form back, I don't think it's feasible going to other countries and playing, but it could be a possibility. 
Uh, Zaid, what do you think? Do you think scrapping 100 will help? Do you think overseas, uh, going overseas and playing in first-class competitions will be good? Well, uh, there's been a lot of debate about how the, the county players are not really getting a break. So you start your, uh, your county championship season, you play loads of games for that, you haven't really had much of a break. Then you realise there's the, uh, the Royal London One Day Cup, are you playing that? Then you realise in September, it's already September, now there's the Vitality Blast. And then uh, you've also got the 100. So perhaps scrapping the 100 could work just to give your county players a break so they can improve and uh, break into that England side and maybe improve their test batting. But the problem is you've just only had one season of the 100. And if you scrap it now, then, well, then you have all the media and then the general public. They're not really going to like that. So you kind of put yourself into a pickle of starting the 100. People have enjoyed it, but your county players aren't really getting a break. Now, with the thing mm. with um, players playing overseas first-class competitions, well, as you said, it might not be feasible, but I think it could work um, if there's a player that's not informed. They could uh, maybe go for a month or so and play uh, some cricket there. So we're seeing Shaheen Afridi is coming to play for Middlesex soon. And so uh, that could help, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think the overarching thing is the quality of our county championship cricket is not very good. I've watched a lot of quite a few matches, especially when there's not international cricket going on. And a lot of the bowlers are generally, you know, I'm not I'm not being rude, but like they're 40, 40 year old uh, pace bowlers bowling at 60, 70 miles an hour. We need to be uh, England's batsmen, especially the top order batsmen, need to be facing high quality bowlers all the time. Otherwise, they're not going to improve. If they're facing bowlers who they can like score big runs against, like, Ollie Pope, Rory Burns have scored loads and loads of runs. They're good batsmen, but they haven't exactly scored against the best bowlers. It's not exactly, it's not really that difficult. So I think we're getting some good batsmen in county championship fixtures, but not very good bowlers. So, and there's not exactly, you can't have, it can't be full of just English bowlers, um, you know, up and coming bowlers. Either we have to get more younger players playing in them, like 16, 17 year olds, or we have to, um, yeah, get overseas players coming in, which is good, like Shaheen Shafri, as you explained. And that sort of leads on to the next section, which is um, pace bowling. The first question of the next section is, um, Shaheen Shah Freedy is going to wreak havoc in the county championship next season for Middlesex, but will it make England's first-class opening batsman any better so we could have a partnership of more than five every game? It's a pretty good question. Um, Zay, what do you think? Well, I think it perfectly will help. So the batsman can... Uh, Shine Shafridi has been playing uh, bowling amazingly recently in his T20 cricket and T20 World Cup and Test cricket. So he, if he comes to England and bowls in English conditions, then those batsmen will uh, get some experience and I'm sure will improve. But the problem I see is, well, if Shaheen Afridi, if he's coming to England and bowls, and as you said, the bowling hasn't been of great quality so far in the county championship. We've got 40-year-olds bowling at not great pace. So if Shaheen Afridi comes, he'll probably be um, running through batting liners quite quickly. And then batsmen don't get much uh, batting time against Shaheen Afridi, apart from the Middlesex players, because he's going to be playing for Middlesex. So uh, you, could, you could have the risk of uh, instead making your batsmen worse rather than actually um, helping them improve, if, since he might run through batting lineups. True. Yeah, that is that's, that's true. I agree. Um, Amma, anything to add? Yeah, I agree with Zayd. I mean, the players will become much more skilled after facing them, but they won't really like get much um, time out in the middle against against him. Like he's a very like he's one of the best bowlers in the world. So he, so he so people will get will become better more 
like they'll they'll become much more skillful facing him. Like they won't exactly get enough time in the middle. So, like, mm. don't yeah, I think generally the quality of um, bowlers in the county championship has to increase. Like in overall, like obviously bringing one or two good players is important, but I think we need to have more good players coming in more frequently. So the reason why uh, Shaheen Shafridi decided to play for Middlesex is because he knows that the batsmen are pretty good. The batsmen are really good. You know, you've got some top quality, world-class batsmen who play. You've got players from all around the country playing, but then we haven't got a like, bowling level. So I think we do need more, more of this happening. This is one, one incident that needs to be more regular. Um, let's go to the next question. Who is the fastest bowler you've seen at your age? So our age, we're all under 14 players. Um, uh, Amma, would you like to start? Yeah, I think it's Rohan Poor. He's a very good bowler. He, like, off 19 yards, he's bowling with a new ball, swinging it both ways. Um, he's, he's so consistent. Like, he doesn't bowl, like, he bowls on the same spot every single time. And some ball just swing, some swing away. Like, I have no idea what he's doing. Mm, yeah. Um, Zaid, is yours the same person, different person? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Rohan Poor, he's just, you, you got two types of pace bowlers, I think. You got those pe- bowlers that just have raw pace, which is, I don't think, is very useful at this in the modern day cricket. Because you got Monday batsman is great at facing pace, but Rohan he's got swing, as Amar point he can pointed out, he can swing it both ways. He's got great line length. He bowls from the same spot, and I just think he's a quality bowler. Mm, yeah, Rohan bowls around 70, 71 miles an hour, um, and yeah, I've I've not faced him personally, but I've watched him play. Uh, against um, bowling at some of our batsmen and he just the pure pace itself obviously it, it, it makes him uneasy but um, yeah as say said pure pace is there's no point in pure pace because a good batsman can just manoeuvre the ball around if you're bowling pace and you're bowling wild and not bowling it in a controlled area looking to take wickets it's actually not hard to hit and also there's something to consider is that now we're moving on to 21 yards um, obviously it'll be a bit it'll feel more slow because the distance is longer but um, it'll give you more time to um, see the ball and play it. But anyway, um, he is, yeah, he's a very fast bowler and one of the best bowlers. He's, he plays in Middlesex, so um, he's one of the best bowlers in Middlesex. Um, yeah, so last question for this episode. What is the best technique for facing fast bowlers at a young age? Um, yeah, uh, Amal, would you like to start with it? As a batsman, you start. Well, I think you always want, you don't really want to be moving around too much. You can, really, you can have a little trigger. When he's about to bowl, you want to be very still. You, like, you want your head to be still. You want to watch the ball very carefully. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. Um, Zaid, anything to add? Anything technical to yeah. add? Yeah, I, I agree with Amber. You need to stay still. Don't move around too much. I also think another key point is if, do not to, to not look uncomfortable. If you look uncomfortable at the crease, uh, with your uh, fast bowler running up to you and bowling back a length or whatever, then you, the fast the bowler um, will gain confidence. He'll see he'll notice that you're uncomfortable and he'll gain confidence in getting you out. So you just um, perhaps use the pace of the ball, and then just keep rotating the strike, and then just guide the ball down to third man or fine leg or something or drop and run. If you keep irritating the strike, then the bowler can't line you up and he has two different batsmen to worry about. And then uh, you start to gain confidence and eventually, again, you can um, attack later on. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not a top-order batsman, but in terms of what I see as a pace bowler, 
um, and I bowled with like extremely fast bowlers. So the main thing I see is considering we play T20 cricket mainly at IH group, um, it's it's really surprising that a lot of batsmen are either leaving or defending deliveries that realistically, if they were to put full effort into, they could hit for at least twos or even fours. Like it, I I can regularly get figures of you know three runs and over um, economy and lower just because the batsmen are just defending or leaving. We're playing T20 cricket. Obviously, you can't expect them to smack every single ball for six, but there's no, there's a lack of intent. It's just mainly defending. It's even rarely any drop and run. Like we, as, as a field, when we set a field, we have a few people in, in the ring, but like there's also, there's loads of gaps and opportunities to score. And just the, the, the tentativeness of the batsman is shocking because then you can just plan because you know, okay, they don't, they don't want to play or they're, they're, they're slowly starting to play at balls just outside off. Just keep bowling that line length. They'll play at one. It'll either go up in the air. They'll miss time it, or it'll just nick to the keeper. So that's something that's really shocking. And it really depends on um, what type of baseball you're bowling. Are you, is it someone who's extremely fast and bowling in and might not have as much control? Or is it someone who's um, a pace bowler, but a little bit slower and just hitting line length? For an extremely fast baseballer, there's more opportunity to maneuver the ball. Once you get um, rid of the um, yeah, initial you know, assault, um, fear in a way of um, you know, the pace bowler and you know, if, it, if it hits me in the chest or what would I do or you know, I might not be able to time this bat, um, time the shots properly. Then after that, it becomes a lot clearer and it's just playing small shots, um, sort of touch and go cricket in a way. And then if it's more line length, you've, if you know they're going to bowl a similar area, you can really predict it. You can, if they're going to bowl like sort of um, good length, back of length, you can sort of, if you really want to come down the wicket and play it just to free your arms. But tentativeness is never going to score you any runs. You, all you've got to do is break free of that initial, you know, worry of getting out, especially if you're top order batsman, and exposing the rest of your order. Just go out and play a, a, a very positive brand of cricket, like especially in T20 cricket. No one, no, it's defending and and scoring like at five runs and over and scoring less than a hundred, if um, possibly. Is no, there's no point like if you're going to go like that because good teams will chase that down really quickly. It's better if you go all out. But um, yeah. Uh, anything to add from you guys regarding fast bowlers at a young age facing them? Uh, I think we've yeah. covered really everything. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, that's all the questions um, for today. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for being on this episode. Uh, thank you uh, for listening. And I yeah, hope you enjoy this. Uh, hope you join this episode. Um, just a reminder, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the notification bell if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like this. And if you are watching on other platforms like Anchor, Spotify, um, please follow the channel. Um, yeah, that's it for this episode and see you on the next one. <laughs>